Welcome to the On Shuffle Podcast. Coming at you now. All right, welcome back to another episode of the On Shuffle Podcast. Um, I'm Daniel, my co-host Matthew. Got another good episode for you today. Um, I always come into these things like a, a bull in a damn china shop. I'm trying to uh, cool down. How was your week, dude? Uh, it's been good. It was uh, been a good weekend, and uh, yeah, just get back going again. Nice, nice. Yeah, I know. Um, last week, if you've been, you're one of our faithful listeners, um, and there's been a plenty of you lately. So we do appreciate that. Um, we were we did two shows back to back. As you know, we do uh, episodes on Sundays, Sunday evenings. We release, and um, you know, we were late last week. Had some uh, life got in the way, so we didn't do the episode until friday i believe and so we were a few days uh, behind and then we turned around and did our normal sunday um so we're back on schedule now with another sunday and um, we've got another good one for you we've got a uh fun topic that's going to be um kind of an extension of last week in a sense um so i'm excited for that not really but you'll if you listen last week we talked about it at the end and we've kind of hinted on it so um but before all that we had homework dude what did we have so, yes, yeah, so we were supposed to listen to 38 Special. Again, the, I think, the staple of classic rock radio. Yep. Um, so, in brief history here. So, um, I guess the, the the lead vocalist who also formed the group, Donnie Van Zant, brother of uh, the, uh, Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner. Yep. Uh, they, uh, he, they formed... Uh, 38 Special in Jacksonville, Florida in 1974. And uh, they signed to a record deal three years later. I think they didn't really reach success until their, I guess, to, pretty much until the 80s. That's when they started releasing songs, uh, Hold On Loosely. And uh, I think that's another another big one. It's um, Caught Up In You, um, If I've Been The One, things like that. So kind of got you know started in the early 70s didn't get big to the 80s and then faded out into the 90s yeah yes uh yeah that's a good way you know one thing i like about them dude and i didn't realize that until this week they've got um talking about consistent like um as you mentioned uh so they started this uh, you said 74 right okay uh first album 38 special 77 um and i won't name the titles of the albums but let's just check this out 77 78 79 80 82 84 86 88 91 97 and then of course they didn't release something until i and i think it was uh i'm, I'm probably wrong here uh 2010 but i don't think that was i think that was a live album mm-hmm. and then uh, they have another live album in 2014 but uh but i guess my whole point here from 77 uh all the way until 97 so you're talking about 20 years uh, they were pretty, it's pretty regular. Like that's a dang good, uh, if you tell me uh, one of my favorite artists or groups are going to put something out uh, every year or if not every year, every couple years, but it, you know, it's coming. Um, I don't know. I like the consistency there. That's irrelevant. I get it. Um, but I kind of thought that was kind of cool. Um, and another thing about them, um, you know, going, going back and listen to them this week. Uh, and I don't think I'm telling anybody any secrets here. Uh, 38 special, uh, one of the most happy, uh, band, like happy music type bands you can listen to. Like they're the, uh, they're the, uh, band that you put on on Friday night. Uh, you know, you've got to get together. 
you're uh, you're out. You've got a fire going. Um, you know, just just a happy happy uh, type of music. Um, and they, uh, as as you mentioned, um, kind of got some steam in the '80s. And uh, kind of one of those. I don't want to. I'm not going to compare them. I guess I am technically. But uh, when I was thinking about who they are for me, I was thinking about Foreigner. And the reason I say that is like it's good music. But like their high of highs is like stuff that everybody listens to to this day. Like everybody knows household songs. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's probably I'd say and I, there's probably more. There might be less. I don't know. But when I think of like household songs, everybody across generations, across music tastes all know. Um, there's probably about 50 or 60 songs, maybe more. I don't know. But I'm if I had to name, there's probably 50 or 60 and uh, I'd say they have one or two in there. So I, to me, that's a pretty good compliment. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're like I said, they're uh, you'll still you know hear them on classical rock radio. They can, like I said, definitely a staple. Um, even though like I said they haven't really released anything relevant since the '80s. Sure. You know they're still um, you know, one of those groups. Though, like, like I said, you still hear on the radio, even if like I said, most people. And I say this this. I'm in this boat. I don't know. Probably one person that says, "Oh yeah, I'm a 38 special <laughs> right. fan. I'm a fan of this group." Uh, and I've always associated them as being, even though they're not a rip off or copy of Leonard Skinner. I know they were obviously related, you know, related to Leonard Skinner. Yeah, they're always linked, way. right? So, um, so like I said, I know that I've always kind of grouped them in with Leonard Skinner, and I think obviously Leonard Skinner's the more popular, better, more successful older brother. Uh, you know, and um, because I think that you know, the, the, I know there's two Van Zants, there's Ronnie and then there's Donnie. Mm-hmm. I want to say the other one's in in Leonard Skinner, he's kind of been the front man of Leonard Skinner for a while, well, at least one of them. I don't know, these are just groups that <laughs> I guess I'm not really a fan of, but and like I said, after listening to them and you know, listening to more of their catalog, I guess I'm still in that boat, I'm still not really a you know, fan of them, just like you know more or less just someone uh i guess some, have more of a maybe more of an appreciation i know you said yeah uh, you alluded to foreigner right um and i would say i, I think like foreigners and definitely similar to why they have these all-time songs um i think if you're just comparing the two i think foreigner is probably a little bit bigger i think there's of course obviously more just better i like foreigner better um and they're still well i guess they're relevant but they're still well. Both groups are still touring. I mean, Thirty Special still touring, and Foreigner is as well. Um, so again, I guess for me, not walking away a bigger fan. Just obviously, just it's you know more of a you know more music history. I guess to yeah appreciate you know yeah. And I think okay. So just for record, um, if you're uh, yeah, at home, um, Ronnie, if okay, Ronnie, and I'll fact check this. Ronnie was the lead singer of uh, Leonard Skinner um donnie is 38 special and the youngest johnny is the lead singer now for uh leonard skinner i think Uh, yeah i think it's ronnie donnie johnny if i'm not mistaken but nonetheless yeah and i agree with you i think funny thing about 38 special to me is um when you look at some of their their fans um man maybe i'm typecasting here they're like uh you know motorcycle uh the kind of like a tough uh older guys uh they've got their cut vests on uh they might even have a 38 mm-hmm. special patch on there but it, what's funny about that is when you listen to the music you're like really like that's yeah, the like, yeah that's not tough guy music you know yes yeah, so, yeah like because they're you know 
like I think we've definitely mentioned uh, Myrtle Beach is obviously not too far from where we are. Right. And uh, Myrtle Beach is obviously a big, you know, bike rally, you know, being somewhat locals, we kind of learned to avoid Myrtle Beach in those time periods because it's obviously just packed with motorcycles and people. Yeah. And uh, that crowd always seems to be more of a, like a jackal and like, Maybe even like a Black Label Society. I know they played uh, the bike rally down there one time. Yeah. Uh, not 38 Special. 38 Special sounds like, you know, like soft rock almost like Boston or something. It was like not, or like, you know, that style of like a happy hard rock type of thing. You know, just not that tough image I yeah. say, at all. Yeah. I think the toughest thing about them, and I'll read this so I don't get it wrong. I had this in my notes. Um, the band's name was thought up after an incident which found the boys practicing in a warehouse out in the middle of nowhere. When police arrived after being notified by locals of the noise, the band members were unable to come out because of a padlock on the door. One of the cops said, that's all right. We'll let this 38 special do the talking and shot off the lock. So that's how they got their name, which is pretty badass when you think yeah, about it. Like, awesome. yeah, we have a story for how we got our name. Most of the time, bands, uh, you know, just come up with things. I, I, there was one, and you might know this off the off your head. Um, I don't remember if it was a country or rock. I can't remember who it was, but there was a band that I was thinking of uh, not long ago that uh, they got their name by looking in the uh, phone book. Um, God, who was that? Anyways, got, got it looking in the phone book, and I thought that was kind of unique. Like, damn. Oh, it was Sawyer Brown. The uh, country music artist from the 80s and 90s who, uh, if you're of a certain age, Sawyer Brown was pretty awesome back in the day, had some good hits. Um, but Sawyer Brown, the band, uh, you know, not to be mistaken, I know as a kid I thought that was the lead singer's name, as people do all the time. But, uh, but yeah, got it out of the phone book. There you go. There's your little lesson for today. But uh, 38 Special, awesome. Uh, they had, as you mentioned, the two hits, Hold On Loosely and uh, Caught Up In You. Those were early 80s. And then they had one, the first of the 90s. I can't remember. It was... It was a top 40 billboard hit. I saw that this week. I forgot which song it was, which I didn't realize it was 90s. I thought that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, what more can I say, man? Uh, I didn't, um, you know, it was a blast from the past. I, I love, uh, uh, I think, as most people do, I have 38 special songs in my library. Um, uh, mainly those those few, of course. But, uh, but a good band, nonetheless. You know who I think of, dude? I think of Damn Yankees more, like, I guess, if I'm doing a... a uh, like, I don't know why, but I, I guess I'm thinking of um, just some of the damn Yankees top hits that I think of 38 special there too. But, uh, but yeah, it's just a good sound of rock. I think 38 special, uh, if they were somehow um, reincarnated, uh, you know, they came out today uh, with their style. Now I'm obviously, I'm not talking about playing their hits from the past, their style of the time, um, you know, to today, like that, that kind of, uh, music. I think it would be. It'd probably be bigger. I don't know. Maybe that's just in my head. I think like because uh, it'd be more like an alternative pop uh, type of rock, uh, which obviously fits today. You know, metal and and uh, old school rock and rolls almost died as far as mainstream goes. But uh, it might be bigger today. Who knows? I don't know. That's just off my head. So uh, there you go. If you don't know uh, Thirty Eight Special, go check them out. Uh, you won't be uh, upset by doing that. You won't. You will not be missing that time in your life. And I guarantee you that. Uh, they will have at least one hit that you're like, oh, man, I love that song. I uh, hadn't heard that song in years. So uh, check them out. All right, now on to the main topic tonight. Uh, Matthew, me and him was talking about this a few weeks ago. Uh, it kind of come up, uh, uh, and I'm going to let him elaborate, obviously, but it came up um, 
online. It's been a big issue here online, I'd say, the past few months, especially uh, as far well as far as my timeline goes. Maybe the algorithms uh, got it hitting me more than others. But um, and Matthew kind of brought it up, and we were kind of going to talk about it a little bit. I think uh, last week, and um, you know, Matthew and I came up with agreement that hey, this kind of deserves its own, you know time uh, slot as far as a, a segment is to talk about its own um, its own show so uh, here we are Matthew what are we talking about uh, so yes yeah, so we were talking about the use of artificial intelligence in music I think um, I think this is something that's been obviously floating around for probably a couple of years now but I think I think all everything up until this point was not good honestly is all bad it didn't sound good and it was nothing nothing really to write home about and then all of a sudden a few weeks ago a this stranger on tiktok you know had like very small amount of followers if any uh he put out this um this drake in the weekend song that um you know it started making the rounds and it blew up and ended up being fake uh they're drake in the weekend or not on a song they never <laughs> recorded the song together i don't think and someone had pretty much you know credit the beat the lyrics and copy their voices through artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and the song this i think because this was a, a breaking point i'll say because it was like the first like i would say first okay i guess a lot of people didn't say like oh it was it was too great itself uh -huh. you know, it was not a hit but it was legible as a song. Right. It could have been a song that, you know, like a weekend fan could have been like, if they're like a diehard, mm -hmm. could have really liked, you know, like a deep cut or something that's, you know, that was just resurfaced or something. Well, it had a lot of people listening to it, you know, a lot of people loving mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I think it was one of the first, you, you know, uses of, of artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, where it sounded like an actual person yeah. and I did it and it wasn't like a weird, you know, ro robot or mm -hmm. sound or, you know, it sounded legitimate. And I think there was a kind of a fallout kind of, and obviously this is still pending and like, there's not really a, you're not really a way to know like what's going to happen. Cause I, uh, cause like I said, this is really fresh as far as in its infancy, as far as the artificial intelligence. And so what does this mean? So I think that kind of spurred up conversation because last week, you know, just for us, we were talking about um, plagiarism in songs and kind of how, you know, copying another artist or a piece of music and how that all kind of works out. Right. And um, to what happens if someone plagiarizes your entire voice? Yes. What that's yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what we, that's where we're at. And I, and I don't, and it's funny because uh, it just worked out for the show where I don't think either one of us got a whole lot into it. We scratched the surface. And one thing I kind of wanted to do tonight, um, because I'm dying to hear your opinion on this stuff. And I guess what we could do, I want to start off with some disadvantages and see what you think about. So, uh, and I've got some right here. First one up lack of musical depth, creativity and complexity that human composers bring to their work. And I think, um, if you, uh, me and you were kind of talking about this uh, a second ago, off air before the show, Matthew let me hear four different uh, songs that were, they were kind of unique in themselves. They were, uh, you know, artists, big name artists doing big songs that are not theirs. And um, one of the first things that comes to my mind that kind of hits on this, uh, what I'm just talking about, the complex uh, complexity of it is like we heard, um, I'm trying to think of uh, one of the better, anyways, You'll hear them and it's like, oh, man, that's them. 
but it doesn't get uh, like it, they don't do the things they normally do. They're just singing. It's like, oh, that's their voice, but they're singing it like uh, insert other person's uh, name that they're actually singing their song. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, that, that was one of the main things because, and what was kind of funny to me, and maybe you've got an answer for this and maybe you don't, um, the, so we, we heard, we heard, uh, Freddie Mercury, uh, lead singer of Queen. We heard Chris Cornell. We heard James Hetfield. We heard The Weeknd. We heard Michael Jackson. We heard Chester Bennington. Um, if I'm missing anyone, uh, but, uh, Freddie Mercury's sounded the most like, uh, Freddie Mercury to me. But and Kurt Cobain, uh, it was in there too. But it sounded the most like uh, Freddie Mercury did. But why? Because it seems like that would be the hardest one, right? Why do you think that one sounded the most like it? Well, because um, I think that I think the biggest thing is the maybe not the level of complexity of like the person's voice or anything. Because like a computer obviously doesn't necessarily like. I mean, I don't know. A computer has an opinion on like you know artificial intelligence or not. Artificial intelligence does have like a, I mean, an opinion on like what's difficult to sing, but right. I think probably honestly will come down as to the work of the person that's actually like making the or the artificial sound or what have you. And I think some of it might have something to do with the song because Chris Cornell was one you know we, we were referencing. There's one we found that it, he was doing "Man in the Box," you know, by Alice in Chains, and on number one, I'll say just on that one in particular um and what maybe how it his didn't maybe it might not have sounded that good or sounded like him i would say is you know because you know allison chains obviously on that song in particular has two people singing on it right and you know and especially in the chorus there's very obviously two people like one doing like a high part one doing like a lower part let's yeah. put it that way and of course cornell was doing both and it obviously didn't that number one didn't sound realistic yeah uh, but um so I, I think that i think what it comes down is to, that it comes, it comes down to is just the work some whoever do, like actually does making it the whole artificial sound or what have you they're copying that's a good point that's a very good point and you're right uh and, and another thing i was thinking about too is um and this is just my opinion the more distinct uh, a singer, like Freddie Mercury is very distinct. Like it's a, uh, I don't know I, I, when I, it's like you, the, he's so more, I, I'm getting tongue twisted here. Uh, you, when you hear him, like, you know, it's him right away. Like it's uh there's no, there's nobody else unless, uh, and of course I know Mark Martell, but Mark Martell uh, is the only person on the planet who sings. It sounds like him, but I, I don't know if maybe there's something there too, where it's like, well, because it's so distinct. Yeah, it sounds like him. Um, whereas like James Hetfield, when I heard that one, James Hetfield was doing a Megadeth song and it just, you could tell it was James Hetfield's voice, but I don't know that I'd have been able to tell if I was, if I didn't know that because it was just him screaming and not in the way James Hetfield screams. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then like the, the weekend sound like the weekend to me, uh, the artist, the weekend, but also because, um, for whatever reason, it, it just it distinctly, I, I, I could tell it was him. But again, the whole thing was these guys didn't sing these songs the way they sing these songs. They sung it like others. The Paul, There was a Paul McCartney one in there, too. And uh, it did, he was doing Billy Joel, if I'm not mistaken. And it didn't sound like Paul McCartney at all to me. Yeah. Um, you know, that one didn't sound like him at all. So, um, you know, I, maybe there's some of that in there again. Um, 
just that complexity that the, the human element part of it. Uh, here's another one uh, going back, going on to some of these disadvantages I was looking up. Lacking originality. In some cases, the AI technology will generate new music that sounds similar to a previous generated track. Well, now I, I haven't heard that part yet. So, of course, uh, mind, uh, I guess my experience so far has been more. Well, besides that Drake weekend song that you mentioned, the other experiences have been them doing songs already. Uh, but I guess the originality part, I could see where maybe that would be a thing. Um, even like that, that song that everybody loves, that Drake weekend AI song, it, uh, it sounds like something I've heard before, you know? Uh, but again, if you're, you know, if they're just taking a formula of like what these guys normally do, of course it's going to sound, uh, it's not going to be as uh, original. Um, so I don't know how it could be original when it's AI. Maybe, um, I just don't know enough about it. But, uh, but man, and I hate to keep going back to it, but that song, it was a banger or it is a banger. Um, but you know, nonetheless, uh, the creativity thing, I guess that's a part of it. Here's another one for you, dude. And I'm dying to hear, you might disagree with me on this, the audio quality. Um, so some of, some of them that I've heard, uh, not the quality, like, you know, the song itself sounds good and everything, but the voice of who it is is the quality doesn't sound that good. If that make do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I said though, because like I said there are some that are, I mean, that do just sound bad. I'll say in general. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, so there's are some that just sound bad. But then I think it's obviously just uh, maybe the quality of the original song they're covering. You know, because if it's like an old song from the I don't know, 60s or 70s, you know, that's that older music's always already kind of has this distinctive sound. Yeah. And, if, you know, if they put the weekend singing on it, it's obviously going to, you know, I guess it may sound bad. Right. You know, but, but I think that the, cause I, cause, um, I know just like, the, you know, cause I think, cause there's already, already obviously some instances of artificial intelligence as far as like how it was used in other mediums. Like, um, there is a, a lot of software out there you can um how can i put it it almost like um but makes like an original like an older movie mm -hmm. like higher quality um for instance and this is one that like i said probably obviously is not number one is not that old of a movie but it's also one that i'm very much a fan of um i want to say back in seven not seven right not say 12 let me can we get the date um because uh there was a movie that came out. It was Tron Legacy. So it came out. Get in the year that movie came out. It was not too old of a movie. It came out around 2010. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously not that old of a movie. But obviously that was before the time of like 4K TVs and stuff. Yeah. And you can find videos on YouTube of somebody using artificial intelligence and making the picture quality up to 4K. And obviously it looks amazing. I mean, it was really, really good. Right. Um, so I think as far as like the quality of the music, obviously that can... Probably just like so, kind of guess alluding to the first thing yeah. I mentioned was like just the point. work of the person doing it. I guess like actually making it. Well, that's a good point. Okay, so then to, to stick with that, I'm going to give you an advantage rather than just piling on the disadvantages. Um, new ideas. I mean, you know, if if we figure it out, uh, it does. It is a great idea for like uh, a big advantage for artists. You know, as far as like helping them create stuff. Like 
I mean, we all have blocks. I mean, whether it be in our, us normal people in our work or life or whatever. Uh, so I can't imagine. So sometimes I think about that. Like if you're an artist and your livelihood, your your life depends on you doing music um, and you get that block. Uh, it seems like this can be gone if it's garnered. Right. Like this can be a great way of like helping you um, get past that and come up with, with ideas. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And cause you know, there's a few obviously other obviously sources of AI out there. Um, I, I think the big one, another source out there is a chat GBT, um, which is this kind of Microsoft leased or owned. I don't, I don't think they own it, but it's pretty much this, it's almost like this chat bot kind of thing where right. you can pretty much ask different questions or you can ask, um, I guess it's more like, it's similar to like just Googling, you know, like a question, but it's more or less was to help you almost like planning it out. So like you can ask, um, cause you can use it through Bing, you know, that search engine that nobody else uses. Um, and if like, if you want to plan, let's say, uh, a, a vegan three course dinner for, you know, a group of vegans Yeah, and this search engine or, AI chatbot thing um, will come up with the whole menu for you and like um, and it's not it's not and it's not ripping it from like a website it's right. making it like it's actually making this nice so it's you know so as far as like ideas you know that's definitely alluding to what you're mentioning that obviously and I guess this is probably just to piggyback off the whole like maybe inspiring you know, ideas is, um, I think another thing, and you mentioned it as a negative, but I didn't get a chance to, to uh, comment on it was the copying other people's work. Mm -hmm. Cause this is a big thing in like, I think there's like the digital image, yeah. uh, uh, field of AI kind of like with Dolly, which is a, like a image creator. I'm going to put it that way through AI where, um, if you type in, let's say, uh, Donald Duck, uh, ba ba dunking basketball, <laughs> it'll, Which I do. it'll like, it'll create it. It'll create nice. Donald Duck. And you can, if you want to say Donald Duck creating a uh, dunking a basketball in the style of, I don't know, Ed, Ed and Eddie, mm. you know, the old, uh, 2000s cartoon, it would make it. That's awesome. It would like legitimately make it. But I think in, there's a popular YouTube uh, channel I, I like and watched uh, is Corridor Crew. It's like this uh, YouTube channel where they make uh, um, like uh, just digital like, uh, CGI, di you know, digital special effects type of stuff. Yeah. But they used through a complicated process, so they did stuff to do the work. But through like using like Dolly and these other type of image creating like, AI things, they made like a whole like five minute cartoon in the style of this famous, I think it was like an anime artist, mm. but what, but they got criticized because they didn't do it. They didn't do the work of drawing it. Right. But the other, the people they're copying didn't copy, didn't draw it either. It just like, was so hard to explain. Like, yeah. like the, their computer or this software just made it nice. Just copied it. So like kind of alluding to the music thing, like, who gets paid like the pre like the people that like actually did the due diligence of like 
and like I said, as far as like going back to the Drake and the weekend, you know, the Drake and the weekend didn't get paid. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody got paid off that te- technically, sure. but it may get to a point where it's like, how do people get paid? Because like, you know, the Drake and the weekend didn't sing on the song. Well, that's the whole, voice. Yeah. And I guess that is where that was my next thing. The biggest thing here is, uh, you know, the biggest disadvantage to me, um, whether you like it, whether you don't, whether you're on the artist side, whether you don't, you're not. It's the legal issues. Um, right. I mean, y- you know, it's you have uh, who has ownership of this. Is it, is it if me and Matthew are in here and we're, we're creating this stuff? And, you know, we we mastered this uh, doing, you know, what they're doing and we're able to uh, do this. Or uh, the artist, because obviously, um, you know, I, I guess here's where I struggle with it. And, and maybe you can say, no, you're not looking at it right. Um, the thing with the thing with the Drake and Weekend thing. Now, I, I'm going to assume uh, and I and again, don't know anything about it. So I really shouldn't even assume I'm going to assume that nobody's making money off that, uh, that whoever did it is not. Um, and that Drake and, and the Weekend's not. So is it wrong if nobody's making money off of it? You know what I'm saying? Or or is that still um, because, OK, uh, if I go cover a song, um, which and I know this is different, but I'm thinking like if I go listen to a cover band play music, um, you know, I, I maybe I'm wrong here. I don't think the uh, artists, uh, whoever the band they're covering is making anything off of that. Um, but so, what you know. I guess what I'm asking you or I'm asking myself, really, what's different? You know, like, uh, again, if if I put out an album where I'm selling uh, Drake and The Weeknd songs that are not theirs, they have no idea exists. Then, of course, yes, like uh, this is their livelihood. This is how they make their money. They you shouldn't be able to do that. But uh, as far as that goes, um, that's where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? So who should make money? Do you have any ideas of how this can be uh, resolved? Well, I'll say because part of this is like is. You know, as far as like it's fun, kind of honestly, it's right. Like the the things we're talking about, the things honestly that's going viral now is like Kanye West singing Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Or like I said, which is uh, awful. Like uh, again, like the weekend singing Careless Whisper, which is out there. Yeah. Or uh, there's one on YouTube I didn't listen to, but it said the Beatles singing Bohemian Rhapsody. So it's like part of it is fun because like that isn't well. I mean, I said it's not hurting anybody. No one's making money off of you know, making Kanye West sing uh, <laughs> Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, like that. I don't think anybody... Did making, you come up with that off the top of your head? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, like no job. one's like uh, making money off of that. That's like honestly not really hurting anything. But I think what like I said, what can hurt or like, you know, throw like a, the wrench in the musical system as far as the industry is concerned is like you mentioned, honestly, this Drake and Weekend song, like I said, Whoever I don't think we, we they ever really figured out who wrote it because like I said, it's, it's from what I, at least I know and I think there's a obviously several podcasts about it. Another one I, I listened to called um, Switched on Pop covered it a few weeks ago when it kind of first broke loose. Was uh, is I know mean, you can anybody can go out there to like these free like uh, license free uh, websites and just like get a drum beat you yeah know, just like layer beats on top of each other right and make it, you know so technically this you know these license free music and you know if you have a podcast or if you're uh making videos on youtube you can get these license free music and use it with you know no harm done to anybody yeah so so it's easy to do that so you know who knows if 
this person that did the Drake in the Weekend mm-hmm. AI song just ripped a free beat off of line sure. offline somewhere. But um, so I think so that's not even hurting anybody, right? But it's like, well, I think ultimately it's just the voices, you know, because like I said, and this isn't hasn't hasn't really been litigated yet. It's not really solved. This is still like very yeah. much ongoing. So it's like. Do the I mean, you would think, oh, obviously, I'm gonna ask this question, it's gonna be like, oh, obviously, but like the Drake in the weekend, like you would think, oh, they own their own their voice, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, yeah, like, duh, obviously, but but then again, do they? Uh, there's no like, you know, deal, yeah, in place saying, like, <clears throat> you know, no one has the right to use my voice without my consent, yeah, like, that's not a thing yet. I mean, that's probably where it'll be, right, but it's like. You know, like I said, when that Drake in the weekend, and there's a, you know, I think that's really the biggest one that was like a totally new, created all on its own song. Yeah. And it's just these two famous people singing on it. Yeah. And, and I think to say, I think that is honestly, and that's what I think was the bigger deal is just, you know, you know, Joe Schmo, me and you just making uh, us writing a song and, like I said, making Freddie Mercury sing on it, it's like, oh, it's a hit. It's a huge hit. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it's not a hit because, you know, anything we did. Right. Just, you know, Freddie Mercury's on it. And he's, you know, you know what I mean? So uh, I think kind of how it'll play out. And obviously this is just, you know, hypothesizing, I guess, is eventually whenever these artists, you know, w- whether they have a record deal or not, when they, can they when they probably start signing these record deals, or I don't even know if they would even have to like trademark it with like the government, maybe like they would just trademark the use of their voice. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know, and I've actually heard, um, Howie Mandel actually talk about this funny enough. He, he's like a big investor in this like hologram company, kind mm-hmm. of hologram artificial intelligence. Yeah. But he pretty much like, I guess put it this way, lease his likeness to them. Oh. So like they can use his likeness for anything they want, wow. it's kind of the, you know? So I think since that's kind of similar, kind of, you know, obviously something different as far as likeness is concerned, but like, I'm assuming it's going to be something like that with like their voices where, you know, if they would have to be like, they would have to have a deal in place for yeah. like their voice to be used on like a advertisement or something, sure. you know? And, and Bob, this is like so strange because it's a lot, you know, this is like, uh, like, in, like, a, like a baby just being born, you know, yeah, like, no doubt, you know, as far as in the emphasis, yeah, like what this progresses into, uh, you know, it, it can turn it really turn into anything. Yeah. And okay. So, uh, and I'm gonna throw a couple more uh, pros at you here. Uh, just off the top of my head, I was thinking about, um, one thing is, um, and I'm not necessarily these two guys uh, need the <clears throat> the um, rub, so to speak. But um, everyone's talking about them. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's talking about the weekend and Drake, uh, and because of this, like what's happening. So I would have to think that it helps them uh, get more clicks and listens. Okay, take me for example. I'm not an everyday listener of Drake. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything Drake. Um, I know who he is. He's one of the biggest um, artists in the world for the last decade or better, but I, I don't know anything about Drake. So when I heard this song, 
I was like, oh man, that's pretty good. That's pretty catchy. And one of the first things I do is I go to Apple Music and I want to see how much it sounds like Drake. So Drake gets a couple clicks from Daniel here um, because I want to compare and uh, and then I want to see if it does sound like a Drake song. And then now let's just say, uh, for example, somebody else does this and oh man, I like this song uh, that I just clicked on and let me try another one. Then I like this song. The next thing you know, that person's downloading Drake uh, or The Weeknd uh, music, and they're a fan now. So I guess I'm saying, you know, it could be a situation where uh, it's helpful there, um, you know, giving them more um, publicity. I don't know if that, you know, what I'm saying. Um, so there's that. Um, and I, again, those two might not need it, but the next person might. The other thing I was thinking of, and I'm trying to channel it in and say, okay, these are reasons where it could be good. Um, another thing is, if you are a songwriter, you're strictly a songwriter, uh, and that's what you do. Um, and because there, and there's some great ones over the years. Obviously, um, there's great people out there that they don't uh, do it themselves, but they they sell music to people, or they, you know. Um, but it seems like it could be a good tool. And you tell me what you think about this. If I'm trying to think of the best fit for this song of mine, well, hell, I can go hear anybody sing this song of mine. You know what I'm saying? Or, or do this song of mine. So um, it seems like that would be a good tool too. Uh, yeah, um, I definitely see that as far as like maybe like a tool of like writing music and kind of like maybe trying to sell it to someone as far as like get someone to, like, you know, sing their song. You know, I think that's, you know, that's definitely a good point. Um, but I think even then, that would be like a limited group of people that would benefit off of, I of guess course. it's hard to like, we're not obviously saying, oh, yes, it's good or bad. Sure. Because definitely, I think the, I think the only, I guess to narrow it down, the only people that I would say that honestly get hurt are the people that, like I said, I think that it's, I mean, honestly, it's the famous people <laughs> that are just getting being ripped off, their voices ripped off. Honestly, yeah. it's like, because like I said, it's, and like I said, I don't know, you know, you know, if anyone's making serious money off of like, you know, copying the weekend's voice and like putting it on a song that he has, you know, he didn't sign the rights to or what have you. But, um, honestly it's the end part of you, part of the crowd out there may be like, Oh, what's the big deal? They already have plenty of money. <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, yeah, but then again, that's also like they put in the work to sing, and like, you know, train their voice and to do all that and to build like to be popular enough to honestly be copied. I mean, cause I think, you know, there's a bunch of small time bands out there that aren't big enough to be copied that no one would really want to copy, honestly, because there's, you know, a small, small crowd, like mm -hmm. small fan base. So, so honestly, the only people that would, I, I would say are getting hurt are the people that other than the artists that are being ripped off as far as their voice or what have you, it's probably the like small, like small time artists. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, because like, who wants to like? Why would you listen to this small time, the small, the small time artist that's kind of just getting started? When you can have, you know, listening into you know the Drake singing, yeah, like I don't know, um, Brian Adams. You know, it's just <laughs> like you know, yeah, yeah, no doubt. No, you're exactly right. Well, and and I just want to go back to what you just said while I go. Uh, we're not, we're not approving or disapproving. It's basically we're we, we're doing this episode. We're racking our brain around it. Um, you know, I, I, and I've said this earlier, I will say it again. I definitely understand. Um, 
And I probably, and I'll be honest with you, Matthew, I probably lean more with the artists here because again, as you mentioned, the first thought uh, most of us normal people will want to say is Drake has plenty of money. Uh, he does not need to, um, you know, drain dry. Like he, he's good. He doesn't need to have this, but also, um, you know, you go to any of our us normal people and, and, uh, and there's something that affects our jobs or lives or, uh, you know, and uh, where we're kind of and I don't have any examples of like a comparison because this is a kind of a tough one. I'm sure somebody can think of one, but um, we would feel the same way again. You, you just I hate to sound like the old parent here, but, uh, you know, you don't know until it happens to you. Um, so, again, I definitely understand you said it best. Th these people. Uh, they work very hard. Uh, you know, you just don't get to, to get to be Drake um, by just wanting to. You have to you have to put in a lot of work. So, the, again, there's that. I, I, I did find this interesting, dude. Um, um, <clears throat> I, I went and I looked up the first uh, example of AI music. Um, when would you think it'd be? It, it, and you don't have to go into detail. If I said, give me the year, the first uh, year of it. Um, uh 95. Okay. No idea. Yeah. I, and that would probably be where I'd go somewhere like that, but basically, um, you know, not too far. And I'm sure, uh, if I read into this, there's probably not much to it, but the first, uh, music composed by AI was someone called Eliac Sweet, uh, later retitled string quartet. Number four is a 1957 composition for string quartet, which is generally agreed to be the first score composed by an electric computer. Uh, and then there's another thing that says uh, in 1960, Russian researcher Rudolf Zurapov published worldwide first paper on algorithmic music composing uh, using the Ural One computer. In 1965, inventor Ray Kurzweil pre uh, premiered a piano piece created by a computer that was capable of pattern recognition in various compositions. It's interesting. You know, it, again, it is in its infancy. Like this is brand new, like what we're talking about now. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and compare these two, but it is kind of fascinating when you look at it that way. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's just pr pretty unique, man. Um, would have never guessed it, it was like that. But again, man, there's so many pros and cons uh, here. I, I just I wish. Um, and look, there, there's a lot of smart people uh, in this industry. Uh, I guarantee you uh, it will be figured out, uh, you know, as things are. It'll get figured out uh, the best way that uh, the artist can benefit from it and that uh, you and I can as well. Um, and you know what? Everybody might not like it. I remember the Napster situation. If you're not a certain age, and I know this is different, but it's it kind of reminds me of that. You know what I mean? Um, the last time something like this in music uh, happened was Napster uh, 20, something, 20 years ago or better. I don't know when it was, but... Uh, and if you're too young to remember, it was uh, one of the main spearheads on the music industry side was Lars Ulrich from uh, Metallica. And essentially, we were downloading music back then for free. Uh, and uh, these guys weren't making any money off of it. And, um, you know, something had to be figured out. Again, that's their livelihood. I know as a teenager, I wasn't very happy with that. And uh, and it made me hate Lars Ulrich. If I'm being honest with you on the podcast, at a young age, I hated the guy as a teenager. Like, God, what does he need this money for? He's already rich. And, of course, you get older, you understand things. And uh, it was one of those deals where, uh, you know, he was definitely right. And it got worked out, as this will. Um, but pretty neat stuff, man. Yeah, like I said, well, obviously this will be a developing story and this sure. will be one that as more and more AI-generated stuff is 
you know, put out there or, you know, that's put out there. And I guess it makes enough of an impact. Cause like I said, these, you know, so-and-so covering this so-and-so song isn't, you know, that's honestly fun. You know, I said, there's definitely like I ref- referenced the podcast earlier, switched on pop, uh, the guy, cause it, he's a, you know, he writes about music and uh, he talks about music and he pretty much takes like this, this news article cause he's part, he works for a magazine or website and he takes this news article, like a paragraph from it and, and has like creates a beat for it and has these different rappers rap, rap this article pretty much. And like I said, it's, you know, obviously very interesting, honestly fun. I like, you know, finding these different covers of, you know, so-and-so songs are, Honestly, isn't hurting anybody, but you know, even then, it's still like like the the estates of these people like will come and get you if you like like well because they can't do anything about this yet. But like like for instance, like you know, if you use licensed music in a video, obviously, if you know, it can be easily be pulled for copyright infringement if you use like. I think a big one is like the estate of Jimi Hendrix, mm. a lot of like guitar type of websites and YouTube videos. If they like uh, play sm- not smoke on the water, what's it? What's this song? Uh, Purple Haze. Mm. They're going to like yank your shit off of YouTube. You know, like they don't yeah. play like there's groups like estates or musical artists that don't like I say they're going to get you. Uh, yeah. If you use their music without paying and so eventually this will be at least agreed upon by, I don't know, some, some group or what have you. It's going to be legislated through the government probably where you can, you know, you can't use someone's likeness and probably group their voice with their likeness without being paid for it. Yeah. Um, Cause like I said, kind of a similar story. I know that there's a, the, a couple of years old now, but um, college athletes are being paid now for their, NIL deals, which is name, image, and likeness, where they can actually make money for selling autographs or signing in development deals or, you know, uh, being paid to promote something pretty much. They're like, they are, they can legally get paid for it now, where years past they couldn't get paid, you know, for that sort of stuff. Yeah. um, I think eventually this will be kind of similar to that, where, you know, the Freddie Mercury estate, you know, whoever that is or who's over that, um, if it's queen or not, they will have some sort of deal in place where they can probably sue someone for using his likeness without, you know, legally having a contract or something in place, you know, so it'll probably get to that point. But obviously right now is all literally, you know, in development. We'll find out. We'll definitely find out. Um, Um, I'm interested to, I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I will say this, dude. Before I ask you something, just to just to get your brain, uh, our brain stimulating. And uh, again, um, off the top of your head, what's the best song with "Train" in the title? Train. Go. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Long Black Train, Josh Turner. There you go. I, I, you know what? That's the one I didn't think about. Crazy Train was the first one off my oh, head, crazy train, and yeah. then Runaway Train, uh, Soul Asylum. But damn, that was a good dude. That was awesome. Good one. Um, you hear any good music this week? Anything going on? Um, so let me see. Well, there's a couple of new albums that I, I know not, you're gonna say one we hadn't talked about. No, I, well, I haven't listened to it either. I've um, heard two songs are awesome. Uh, well, I know there's Lemon Twigs, yes, released a new one. Winger released a new album. Uh, so I haven't really listened to any of that. Um, wait, Winger's released a new album, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, because they did release a couple singles 
some time ago. Um, and like I said, they, I, I haven't really listened to, I listened to the singles. I haven't listened to the album yet. Yeah. But Winger, yeah. And I said, um, Lemon Twigs released new stuff. Downloading that now. Um, like I said, so I haven't really listened to really anything new um, other than, like I said, some podcasts just listening to the midnight. Um, so again, nothing new yet. Just still, um, like I said, uh, listening to stuff I was digging deeper and in on other bands, I guess. Okay, cool, dude. Yeah, uh, the I can say from experience, I haven't heard the whole um, Lemon Twigs. Uh, I'm dying to hear it. I listened to two songs, um, and the two songs I heard are as good a Lemon, stu- a lemon Twig stuff that um, it's, it's good. It's just really good. It's, you know, sometimes you, you get nervous, these groups, especially the young ones, because you, you don't want them to change what's working uh, so far. And they definitely did. And it's really good, really catchy stuff. Um, so there's that. Um, let me see. Uh, I mentioned Angel last week. That one's been one dead on my mind here lately. Uh, I just downloaded the Winger album. So I'm going to be checking that out. Um, I heard a pretty cool uh, band. I haven't. And I'll just shout out the song I heard because I hadn't heard anything else. It got me wanting to go back and listen. A band called Grand Design. The song is, and this is a new song. The song's song's called God Bless Rock, and it's rock. God Bless Rock and Roll. Um, And then, uh, let's see, I heard another one. Uh, I can't remember if I heard this or not, but I've got it in my library now. Uh, A song by a group called Heavy Star, and the song's Blessed. Uh, John Dallas, Any More and um hollywood vault saved me and uh and the and the only other thing i've got uh in my uh like i just downloaded is uh little wayne the block is hot uh so there you have it that's uh that stuff i've checked out this week um definitely give some of those a listen i and i mentioned the angel last week uh really good stuff really catchy song uh it's called daddy's girl um but um yeah the rest of them were pretty good there's good stuff i can't wait to hear this winger dude yeah uh, i said the singles were okay but like i think the biggest takeaway is kid winger still sounds really good yeah uh, like i said um because he doesn't wasn't necessarily known for his like his vocal acrobatics sure like you know the other some of the other 80s singles were right singles were but he was really solid and he still does sound solid um it just like i said I, and i listed the album and hopefully it uh like I said, it ended up being good, but the singles weren't too hot off of it, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And I guess it's one of the things I'm excited for, but I have no expectations for. But uh, mm-hmm. so, um, um, you know, I won't get let down too hard. Yeah. So, and just to, um, I guess we'll talk, just, I have an idea for a topic. So I bounced off of, of you now because I feel like we've been kind of a couple of weeks late on like the stories, like the major topics. Because mm-hmm. I think last week we talked about plagiarism and like the week before it was popular. And AI music's been kind of been going on for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it was announced. I think it was announced beginning of this last week. So we're not too far behind as far as what's what's popular and popping out there. Yeah. Uh, there's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announcement. Mm, so, I'm glad you mentioned it. So um, I say mm. we can maybe talk about what the Rock Hall means as far as to us. And just to mention, I'm gonna read off the inductees this year as far as the performers because it goes to like writers and all this other stuff too. But we don't, nobody cares about them. Uh, but it's um, of notice. These are the art. These are the artists inducted: Missy Elliott, Willie Nelson, Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Rage Against the Machine, The Spinners, and George Michael were all inducted. So. Um, 
I have a lot to say. Yeah. So we can talk about obviously what these inductees mean as far as our opinions of them and obviously talk about kind of what the Rock Hall, I guess, what our opinion of what it should be as far as like. I love it. Yeah. I love so, it. That's and, a good idea. So, and I think our, the like the group, not, yeah, the, our homework should mm. be one of these. Set, one, well, not all of these, but. Okay. Like. Uh, Pick us one. So I know we talked about Kate Bush yep. already. We've done that. Um. And have you talked about George Michael? I think we have. I don't know. Um, well, I'll say a group we definitely haven't talked about is Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, we could do so that. So we'll talk about them and we talk, uh, talk about their politics and all that stuff. <laughs> Fun. But, uh, yeah. So that's a, <laughs> yeah, I, I like this. That's a, gr- that's a great idea. This is going to be a great episode. I'm going to guarantee it right now for our listeners. You're going to want to hear this one. Um, I've got some uh, flaming hot opinions on this one, and I, I can't, I'm sure you do too. Um, and, you know, uh, I usually try to rein it in because uh, I don't really feel strongly about anything in life, to be quite honest with you, uh, which is usually a pretty good thing. Um, but this will be one that I, I have. Uh, so please tune into that. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Before we leave, dude, one more last question for you. Uh, what was the loudest concert you ever been to? Uh, seeing the Darkness and a group open for them. Uh, this group is probably louder than the Darkness. They're called Diarrhea Planet. Nice. Uh, it's kind of a punk pop group. Um, they're insanely loud. Um, so th- I would say that opening act for the darkness. Okay. Probably two years ago, I would say. All right. I like that. Um, I'm trying to think real fast of mine. Uh, maybe Power Man 5000. Heard them uh, 20-something years ago. That was so loud. Um, but uh, all right. Good stuff, guys. Appreciate you listening as always. It's been our best month yet. Uh, I'm so humbled by it. Um, you know. I, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but we don't advertise this podcast. Uh, we show up, we do this because it's fun to us and uh, we're going to do it anyways. And um, somehow you people are listening. So uh, I, I'm so thankful. So blessed for that. And uh, keep doing that. And we'll keep doing it. Um, you're going to get a good one next week as promised. And um, yeah, just keep tuning in. So we'll see you guys then. Love you guys. Peace. See you.